Who who were you? I forgot, but maybe you can help me. Who were you supposed to bring in here today? Oh, you remembered. Okay, let's stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day, the privilege, the opportunity, Lord, to come together as a family to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So, Lord God, we thank you that all distractions are bound this day, and we declare and decree where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. So we declare that liberty to worship you, Jesus. Amen. So we lift up one voice And we worship with one heart We're united by your Spirit For the glory of Christ So we lift up one voice And we worship with one heart United by your Spirit For the glory of Christ
of a new beginning God, we know you have so much more We're looking to a new horizon We're praying for your rain to pour Overflowing us to redemption Overflowing of your
Put that first set of lyrics up. Let the walls fall down. Lift high the Lift high the 
Victory is yours. Every hand lifted. Lift Hava. We are united. We are His. We are the Lord. It might be uncomfortable. But grab the hand next to you. This is a sign, spiritually, that we are united. We are the body of Christ. And then lift your hands to the Lord. And let's sing this as a declaration. That we are His. We have been chosen. We have been chosen by our Father for such a time as this, for a purpose, for a reason, for a cause. We belong to you. this morning we thank you that we have the victory through your son the Lord Jesus Christ and your Lord you've called and ordained for us to rule and reign in these last days so Lord God we thank you with men it's impossible but Lord with you 
Everything is possible. Especially when we're together united by your Spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for speaking to our hearts this day, individually and corporately as a church body. We expect to receive in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. This morning we were worshiping. You may be seated. And I saw, it's like a... Uh, a vessel, a golden vessel being poured. And I'll tell you what, God is doing some things. Amen. I'm glad you're here today. Just a couple quick announcements. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, our regular midweek service. We have one men's night and one ladies' night scheduled for the rest of this year. So mark this on your calendar. On Sunday, October 1st, the men are going to have a Blue Rock shootout at Cedar Valley Hunt Club by Stanton. And on October 15th, we will have a ladies' night, and we'll have more information for that to follow. So just mark those two things on your calendar. We want to thank you all so much for last week, for helping with Jesus Day, for being a blessing. John Tash was a blessing to us, and we sent him away blessed. And so we appreciate that from you. I just want to read a scripture to you, and then we'll receive this morning's tithes and offerings. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And once again, we want to thank you. You not only gave of your finances, but you gave of your time and your energy. And kids were brought into the kingdom and kids were blessed. And, and we thank you so much for that. So stand on that word. Given it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. Ushers, you can go ahead and see this morning's tithes and offerings. Amen. How many like to take tests? Do you? Some of you do? Let me read through our purpose, and then I'm going to review quickly, and, and then I have something. God, there's something different this morning. I'm so glad that you're here, but there's just is something different in the spirit. But our purpose is to gain understanding of the anointing, the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given his people the anointing of the Holy Spirit so they may be taught, led, and empowered to set the captives free. Say, I've been empowered to set the captives free. Amen. So what three ingredients are necessary for God's glory to manifest? Holiness. Unity. And complaining. Okay. Number two. Praise is a what for God to enter the sanctuary. An invitation. Number three. Praise from what kind of a heart is the responsibility of every believer? A heart of gratitude. Amen. See, if you had your cheat sheets, you'd be able to read this. God inhabits our praise. Very good. What is one of the Satan's devices that can affect the anointing? There are many complaining. We, we touched on complaining. Where does complaining begin? Where does it begin? At home. At home. 
How many of you are passing so far? <laughs> In the book of Acts, what happened when the church started to grow? There arose, there arose a, a complaint. A complaint. What happens when you and I complain all week and then come to church on Sunday? Nothing. Uh-uh. Praise attracts God. Complaining attracts demons. Amen. Now, we're going to go on. I've had a word in my heart the last couple of weeks, and the word is together. Everyone say together. And so this morning, as I walked in, Nate gave me, he, he's learned that there's an order here, and he typed it out, and he read it to me. I said, yep, that's God, because it agrees with what I'm ministering today. So I'm going to read it to you. And uh, this was given the 30th of August to him by the Spirit of God. He says, I can see a hand tiller. It's one of those, you know, the old-fashioned where you turn it. If you're going to plant, you can turn it. He says, I see a hand tiller. It's being turned by two hands, breaking up dead, dry, and cracked ground. Then I hear, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but I am bringing the increase. Now listen, don't let there be a division amongst you. I tell you now, the increase is upon you. Prepare your hearts and watch me work in and among you. There will be a need for more to accommodate the masses. There will be a need for others to step up to aid in serving and teaching the people by word and example. Stand now against the division, for the enemy will attempt to sow seeds of separation in the freshly tilled soil. There's none of Paul, there's none of Apollos, for in me all are of Jesus. So keep your heart right, stay in order so you can stay under my protection and provision. That's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace speaking to Harvest Church. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to, you got to help me out today. When I raise my hand, say the word together. Are you, are you, well, you've learned from John Tash, didn't you? So when, when I raise my hand, say the word. The early church experienced grace, the corporate anointing, and miracles when they came because they were one heart and one soul. They received the word together. They worshipped. They prayed. They fellowshiped. They wept. They rejoiced. They gave to each other as they faced need together. So I, I began to look at this word together. And today we're going to look at it from the, the Old Testament. And then next week we'll talk about it in the New Testament. But um, I want to look at uh, Acts. Look in your Bibles. Where'd my Bible go? I bet we put it somewhere else. I need a Bible. You'll just have to tough it out. Acts chapter 2, please. We're going to look at a couple scriptures. This is the early church. Did they experience the together principle? Most certainly they did. I want to read to you in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Acts 2 verse 40. It says, And went with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who were gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's increase. Amen. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now listen to verse 44. Now all who believed were together. 
and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now look at Acts Acts 4. And verse 32, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Say one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, say great power. Great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace, say great grace, was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as everyone had need. Now, great power and great grace. Why? Because they were united. They were together. They were one heart and one soul. Amen. And that's what I want to want you to see today. The importance of that. I want you to look at Isaiah 52. I won't have you look at all these scriptures. You can go back and they're written down there in your notes that we hand out. But in Acts chapter 52. In beginning in. um, Oh, let's see. Verse 1. Now, let's start with verse 7. Let's start with verse 7, please. Verse 7 of Isaiah 52. And listen carefully. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns, your watchmen shall lift up their voices. They will, with their voices they shall sing, with their voices they shall sing together. That's just what we were doing this morning. Now I like this. This is, this is really good. For they shall see what? Eye to eye. You wonder where that, that saying came from. Have you ever heard? We see eye to eye on that. It's biblical. It's in the Bible. It's in Isaiah chapter 52. They shall see eye to eye when they bring, when the Lord brings back Zion, break forth into joy, sing Together, your waste places of Jerusalem, for the pe- for the Lord has comforted his people. He has rege- redeemed Jerusalem. I like that passage. God's people in these last days are, are ordained. Now listen, because we started this in verse 1. It says, how be- beautiful upon the what? God has ordained for his people to rule and reign on the mountaintop, not in the valley. Doesn't mean we're, we're not gonna go through a valley, but you don't stay in the valley. You're not gonna reach masses of people, you're not gonna reach the harvest with the gospel if you're in the valley. Valley people need to be reached. You're mountaintop people. Do you believe that? I do. In fact, the Apostle Paul quotes this in Romans 10-15. You don't need to turn there, let me read it to you. He quotes this from Isaiah. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, how beautiful are the feet? My feet ain't beautiful. Should we all look at each other's feet? Who's got sandals on? Oh, you do. I don't want to look at your feet. But it's not really talking about your feet being beautiful. You want to hear the definition in the Greek? Let me. It's interesting. The word beautiful in the Greek is H-O-R-A-H-Y-O-S. And it has to do with timeliness and favorable conditions. We get the word hour from this Greek word. 
This Greek word also is associated with the ripening of fruit or crops coming to maturity. How timely, this is how we could say it, how timely are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. So God's people are going to be on time in this last hour. We're not going to be late. We're going to be right on time with a message. And we're going to reap a harvest. I believe that with all my heart. Now that word watchman, you have in those days in the Old Testament, they stood up on the walls and the watchman looked for any sign of the enemy. But watchman also can mean the word prophet. Prophets. So watchmen are spiritual watchers or prophets who look out and see danger then report to the people. The church in this hour must come together and share the timely message of the gospel, but at the same time be on the lookout for evil. Amen. Shepherds are called to guard the sheep. And so God is raising up a people. He's raising up sharp shepherds. He's raising up fivefold ministry gifts to guard the sheep. And the thing is, in this hour in which we're entering, we're in it, but we're going to see more and more. And I'm going to get off a little bit, but this is important. If you've been in the church a long time, you can become complacent and you can become indifferent with just, uh, you know, careless attitude. But in the days ahead, we're going to see people from all walks of life come into the church. We're going to see sinners. We're going to see unbelievers. We're going to see people that don't have a... woke up one day and didn't know even know who Jesus was. Then they're introduced to Jesus. They're born again, filled with the Spirit, and boom, something happens. They become new creatures in Christ Jesus. You're going to have... People in the church that are just born again believers, so they're like little babies. Then you're going to have children. You're going to have adolescents. You're going to have older, mature believers. And if you don't understand that, and, and I was telling Nate this, Mike Plain called me today, and he was, or today, Friday, and he was sharing with me, he said he was, he was, I heard this clang, clanking going around in the background. I says, you're doing the dishes, aren't you? Yeah. He's doing the dishes, but he, he called me, he says, God put it on my heart to talk, to say this. He says, you know, in these last days, we need to be a lion and a lamb. And you better know the difference when to be a lion and when to be a lamb. So we're going to get all kinds of people. And he looked, he said to me, he said, you got no problem being a lion. I don't. And we got some lions here. But then we're also going to have to be lambs and we're going to have to know how to treat people because they're at all different levels spiritually. If you're a lion all the time, you're going to blow them out of the water. So some days we're going to have to be lions because we have to take care of the sheep. I have no problem being a lion. Some people don't like me because I'm a lion. But I also have to learn how to be a lamb and so do you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know what you are. Okay. Look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. The church in this hour must come together, share the timely message of the gospel, and at the same time be on the lookout for evil. And here in Isaiah 61, this is the church today. This was Jesus, of course. But this is the church. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to send me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. Now, the winning of the lost. Listen carefully. The winning of the lost is being accelerated. The winning of the lost in the time in which we're living. It's being accelerated. How I've heard people talk about it, it's just like time is speeding up. The winning of the lost is being accelerated. That is why God is pouring out the corporate anointing upon his people. So they will lift their voice together. Just what we read in Isaiah 52. See eye to eye and reach the world with the gospel. 
That's it in a nutshell. But the enemy would love. Remember we talked about in Acts, the, the church began to grow. There arose a complaint. And I think this is preventative medicine for you, your families in this church body corporately. As we grow, the enemy hates it. He hates an increase. He hates you because you represent Christ. He hates the church coming together in unity, working together. What do you think Jesus, why Jesus day was so successful? Because we came together and worked as a unit. No, you know, one person being the big shot, but everyone had something to contribute. Amen. And, and so we're going to have to be careful in these days, the days ahead. We, we can't allow the enemy to come in and, and, and create strife and division. And I'll be honest with you. And I've said this before. If you're, if people come in the church, they're new people. They don't understand divine order. They don't understand worship. They don't understand authority, especially those that have been rebels their whole life. And I'm looking at some rebels. You used to be some rebels. I was a rebel. But you're going to find, you know, they might not like this. And they start talking. They start complaining. Well, I don't like the, the worship leader, the way he did his hair this week. Well, I don't either. But you know, you, you just, you can't complain. You know, instead of complaining about his hairstyle, just say, at least he's got hair. You know, just Stan and Mike and I, we'd be love to have more hair. But what you need to do in a, in a roundabout way, in a gentle way, is say, we don't talk about our worship leader at this church. We don't talk about our pastor in a negative way, and complain at this church. And see, when you do that, if you do it in the right heart's attitude, if you're a lion, you know, and we've all done that, Abe and I have both done things as lions, and then we have to clean up the messes, and then deal with the wives, and it's just not worth it. Learn how to deal with people. Learn how to talk to people. Learn how to teach them, these young ones that are going to be coming in. Don't push them out, but just explain. We don't do it this way here. We don't talk this way here. We don't complain. And if you'll do that, you're going to see the unity preserved. Amen? Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to read to you the next one. I don't know if we're going to get through all these, but the the second one is this. Cooperation is vital to accomplishment. Say it. Cooperation is vital to to accomplishment. See, why did we have great accomplishment last week? Because we all cooperated. We all worked together. Amen? Now, Deuteronomy 32, verse 30 says, How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them? How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless the rock had sold them? Having another person alongside to help increases one potential, one's potential by nine thousand. Think about that. Come here, Nate. Poor guy. Can't help it, he's big. Having another person alongside to help increases one's potential by nine thousand. So just, you know, having him stand here with me just makes me feel safer. Amen. And and I'm going to get more done if he's hooked up with me and he's in agreement with the vision here at Harvest Church and he understands divine order and he understands authority. We're going to get some things done. Thank you. We're going to get some things done. Dick Mills, great man of God, a prophet of God, has gone on to be with the Lord. He made this statement. Christianity is not for soloists, prima donnas, lone rangers, or superstars. Christianity is not for soloists, prima donnas, lone rangers, or superstars. Think about lone ranger even had Tano. The body of Christ must work together as a team to win the lost of this world to Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Look at John 13. John 13. I'm talking about working together. The devil doesn't like it when God's people come together in agreement to accomplish big things for him, for God. John 13 and verse 34. How's the world going to know we're Christians? How's the world going to (laughs) know? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my my disciples if you have love for one another. So how's the world going to know at Harvest Church we have love? Because we're griping and complaining and arguing and bickering. No, it's because we love one another and we put up with our idiosyncrasies. We put up with each other's character flaws. Some of you put up with me for years. We're all works in progress, and I can say I put up with you too. Amen? But love makes allowances for other people's character flaws, idiosyncrasies. You have to walk in love. Say, look at your neighbor and say, we got to walk in love. You got to walk in love. The more the body of Christ walks in love and cooperates and cooperates and works together, the greater the anointing and the greater results. Do you want a greater anointing and greater results here at Harvest Church? Then we got to cooperate with each other. God blesses cooperation. Say it. God blesses cooperation. And if somebody in the church is not cooperating, you know, you need to learn how to protect your pastors and your leaders. Speak up. Say, we we cooperate together here at Harvest Church. Amen? Now there are rewards of partnership. Look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And you know this scripture well. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Look at verse 9. It says, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We quote that all the time. But you look at these verses, verse 9, you see the rewards of partnership. When you work together and you cooperate, partners accomplish more. Verse 10, partners complement each other. You have a gift that will complement my gift. You all have gifts that will complement one another. Verse 11, partners supply support. This is what you can get out of these verses here. Partners supply support. And then verse 12, partners give strength. So partners accomplish more. They complement each other. They supply support and they give strength. That's why we need each other. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? You get in agreement, you're going to see things happen. Amen? Now. Look at, I'll read this one to you so you need to turn there. When Saul was ordained as king, we see in verse 26, it says, And Saul went home to Gibeah, and valiant men went with him. What kind of man? What kind of man do we need to be? Valiant man. Valiant men went with him, <coughs> whose hearts God had touched. So, this, this next one. God will bring his team together. Say it. God will bring his team together. He did it for Saul. He did it for David. God will bring people together. Stand up if you've just been here less than two years. If you don't know, ask somebody. Okay, you can sit down. 
You need to realize you were sent here for a purpose. And don't take that lightly. Now, I know some people can stumble into church. Amen? You know, I I can remember when Bobby stumbled in on a Wednesday night. Little did he he know that he and Laura were sent here. So you've got to know in your heart. You were created for such a time as this. Like when you said that, I I love that passage of Scripture. You were sent here for such a time as this. And with some people, sometimes it's like, and I get this. I've had to learn to be more loving. But you get some people, new people, it's like, before you jump in the water it's or get in the bathtub, oh, you put your toe in there, it's too hot or it's too cold. Sometimes it takes a, a, a people a while, a while to just, you know, lose their grip and fall into the creek. But give them time. I'm going to say this, and I don't say this pridefully. It's just the truth. This church is of God. This church in this community is called to change a community. It might be in a different way than other churches, but you've got to have that. You belong to a church that was ordained of God. And you have something to contribute to that team. Amen? Now listen, if you and I are obedient to the call of God upon our lives, he will bring others to assist us in our assignments from God. If you and I are obedient to the call of God upon our lives, he will bring others to assist us in our assignments from God. There's nothing great about her and I in the natural. We're just ordinary people. And I was... I was listening last night on everybody gone to bed and uh, oh, who wasn't? It doesn't make any difference because this is what he was sharing. He was basically, he, he'd been able to talk to Billy Graham five years before he died. And Billy Graham basically was telling this individual, in these last days it's not going to be like, you know, with me, everybody's attention was on Billy. You got to admit, Billy Graham. Everybody knows who Billy Graham was. He said, it, it won't be that way anymore. It'll be ordinary people. Ordinary people. Doing great things for God. Working, ordinary people coming together and working together. That's where the church is at right now. Amen. Your gift will make room for you. But it takes godly character and personal integrity to continue to elicit support from others. Listen to this is so important. Your gift, all of us have gifts. Your gift will make room for you. But it takes godly character and personal integrity to continue to elicit support from others. So it's important that you develop Godly character. You and I need to develop godly character. Yes, we have gifts. But we need to learn to work together, respect each other, and function together as a team. You and I are only as good as the people surrounding us. You and I are only as good as the people surrounding us. You know? You really blessed your, your pastors last week by what you did. And I'll tell you what, we're, like I said, we're just ordinary people, but there's one thing my wife and I have been. We've been faithful. We've been obedient. We're definitely not perfect. But because of our obedience and our faithfulness to stick and stay, God has sent you here. I've got people, Kathy and I have people that were with us from the beginning. They're older now. But they're still here. Why? Because we've been faithful. And if you'll continue to be faithful and obedient, God are going to send more people. Those people that stood up. You've been sent here. 
And some of you think, I don't quite understand that preacher yet. I don't quite understand this, this tongue stuff. Well, just hold on. Don't give up. Don't hold fast your confidence for it has great recompense and reward. Let's look at one more. This is the best. This is the best. Look at Zechariah. Right before Malachi. That'll make it easy for you. I'll never forget one time when I was young, the, 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 the speaker, we were at a meeting, and the speaker gave this minor prophet. And I'm thinking, my God, is that in the Bible? And I'm, and I'm thinking, how am I going to find that? It'll look, it'll look so conspicuous because I'm trying to find this. I opened the Bible, and it was right there. And I went, then I acted like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I know where that one's at. <laughs> well, everybody's looking. I'm just saying, come on, find it. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. Look at verse 8. Here God is dealing with and speaking to Joshua the high priest. This is so good. Say this with me. God will give you signs and wonders. In Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 8. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a what? Wondrous sign. For behold, I'm bringing forth my servant, the branch. Wondrous sign in the Hebrew, you pronounce it mo-faith. We all need mo-faith. So God was speaking to the high priest Joshua, but he was also speaking to those who were helping him. He was calling them a wondrous sign. Look at your neighbor and say, you're definitely a sign and a wonder. Yeah. And there's some different translations. Different people have translated this verse differently. But let, let me give them to you in closing. This, these are so good. God will give you signs and wonders. God has given Kathy and I signs and wonders. Quit feeling sorry for yourself and putting yourself down. You are a sign and a wonder. And you see eye to eye. Amen? Here's some different translations. Extraordinary men separated for the unusual. <laughs> Extraordinary men or women separated for the unusual. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, you're unusual. Everyone look at Nate and say, you're definitely unusual. Here's another one. Typical men raised up by the Lord as types of Christ. Boy, that's powerful. Typical men and women raised up by the Lord as types of Christ. Here's another one. Men who arrest one's attention. Men or women who arrest one's attention. You're a sign and a wonder. You should arrest people's attention. Not being weird. Just because the way you carry yourself with confidence and boldness and authority. Here's another one. One more. This is a translation. It's from God's word. Listen, chief priest Joshua and your friends sitting with you. These men are a sign of things to come. Wow. That's powerful. I like that. So you're a sign and a wonder. Now, I'll read this to you. Mike Plain, we were talking and, and he gave this to me. I said, send it to me. I said, I'll close my message Sunday with this. And I don't know who's, who wrote this, but he just gave it to me because it fits. Because we're talking about together, being together, working together. He says this, the, the guy that wrote this said this, The most eloquent testimony to the reality of the resurrection is not an empty tomb or a well-orchestrated pageant on Easter Sunday, but rather a group of people 
whose life together is so radically different, so completely changed from the way the world builds a community that there can be no explanation other than that something decisive has happened. That's powerful. So that's us working together in this hour, worshiping together, praying together, listening to the word together, fellowshipping, eating together, weeping together, rejoicing together, giving to each other as there's need, and doing it together. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm glad we're... Reflect on that. Think about that word this week. Amen? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. You're so wonderful. We love you, and we discern your presence. There's something different this morning, Holy Spirit. I sensed it in the beginning of the service as we were worshiping. Something has been poured out from heaven upon this people this day. And so, Lord, in fact, just lift your hands. We receive all that heaven has for us. We received that corporate anointing this morning. We've learned the importance of working together, not complaining. Being in agreement and unity so we can reach a lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So use us today. Use us in the days ahead, Lord. We yield our members to you as vessels of honor, sanctified and useful for the master and prepared for every good work. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And they'll know we are his disciples because of our love for each other. Amen. Amen. Do a work, Holy Spirit, in our love walk. Each and every one of us here. Praise God. Is there anyone here today who needs prayer for your physical body? You're sick? If not, then would you pray with me and get in agreement with me? Who else? Yes, sir. You slept on your neck wrong. You're not supposed to sleep on your neck. You're supposed to sleep on your back. Well, Father, there's an anointing for healing. And we loose that anointing into this neck, every ligament, muscle, tendon, joint. We say, relax. Lord, let that healing balm, we apply that healing balm, that anointing to his neck today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. You're a good receiver. It's there. It's flowing. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I started to ask. All of you know I have a sister. She's 12 years older. She's 78. She has Alzheimer's. Well, they came back for their class reunion. They came up to see us before they fly out tomorrow night. And she couldn't hardly get out of the car. And she's failed tremendously. And she fell last night. And uh, they had, we had to call the ambulance.